Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harsberger, President of Measurable Results, LLC, and martinharsberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest in our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. Uh, this morning we have Derek McLeod, founder and CEO of Highlander Tech. Uh, welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Dirk is, uh, is kind of an anomaly with uh, where he doesn't uh, necessarily supply manufacturers directly, but since we cover logistics and a lot of the listeners are transportation oriented, uh, we had a conversation prior to recording and I think that he's got some great information that might be helpful. It's really interesting to me. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do. So basically what we're doing is, is helping shippers and ultimately helping shippers and carriers in today's world of e-commerce just really exploding. Um, but when shippers ship any product, okay, the important thing that has to be there is some precise information on where the product's going. All right, you, you need um, information on what is going to be required to deliver the product on time the first time, and you need to know exactly how much it's going to cost. Okay, so that's what we're trying to do. The industry has been using since the 80s some antiquated postal service information that's based on a zip plus four, which is an area, not the address. And so basically what we've done is we've created this data set, this geospatial data set, and we label individual addresses with what we call a location type. Okay, so this location type basically tells you what's going to be required at the delivery to get it off the truck the first time, um, whether it needs a lift gate, um, whether it needs to be on a smaller truck to get in a neighborhood to a private residence. But all of this information that the carriers need to get it done. Okay, so basically that's what we're trying to do is be kind of a neutral third party, sit in the middle and just provide accurate kind of delivery specific address level information to help ship shippers and carriers provide more efficiencies in this whole process today. So the, how, how, do, how does a carrier use your service? Can they, is it a license thing or? So, it yes, it's a subscription. So it's your typical data as a service where, you know, it's, it's pennies per API call. We're API first, um, can do batch if somebody has to, um, but that's typically we'd, we'd prefer for somebody to use it via the API. So you, you deal primarily with retail to consumer, uh, but it would be ap- applicable to other other applications as well, right? Correct. So our customer base can be a, an LTL carrier, okay? Because if you look at the LTL world, when they make deliveries to what they call residential or limited access, they charge a lot more money, which makes perfect sense. There's no dock. It takes significant more, significantly more time to make the delivery. So they need to find a way to be compensated for that time. All right. So what we can do for them is they will give us an address and we'll tell them if that location is residential or limited access. 
all right? And limited access could be church, school, prison, self-storage, things like that. But also on the flip side, you know, parcels are doing the same way. The even UPS, FedEx, or all your regional guys, they have a residential surcharge because typically a residential delivery or fewer boxes than commercial. So they need a way to um, charge and be compensated for that extra time. So we can help them all. Um, you know, we don't doing much truckload. They, they typically know where they're going and, and they aren't as interested as much. But anything out of truckload, you know, the, the gig economy today for these uh, crowdsource deliveries um, or for even for these white glove guys, you know, it's like if you go to a location, these guys that are doing furniture deliveries, I mean, they want to know, is this an apartment complex that I potentially may have to walk up a flight of stairs? Is it a high rise condo and I'm going to have to get on a freight elevator? Is it a private residence where, you know, it may be on a dead end street and I can't turn around or I have this driveway that I've got to get up into. So location plays a big part in all delivery. And so in the world today, so much is being delivered that you can buy online. So it kind of goes across, you know, all those different carriers. Yeah, it really does. That's why one reason I thought it might be interesting to have you on here because LTL carriers go everywhere. One of the things that you brought up that was interesting about the, the surcharge, the, the abbreviation, I thought that, that blew my mind. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So if, the, if, you, if you go back and think about the Postal Service, okay, and this is kind of where it all began. So the Postal Service, they quite honestly have it made. They go to every single house on the street, okay, and they deliver to your mailbox. I know that has changed a little bit today when they do Amazon, but their main business model is, I'm going to every house, I'm stopping at the mailbox, and the mailbox has to be specifically located at a place that, you know, they tell you, so they don't have to get out. So, you know, they've got it made, deliver, deliver, deliver. So the problem the Postal Service had is, all right, I need to route or sort mail to a commercial truck or a residential truck, okay? So you think about the mailman, it's like, okay, if the majority of my map, my route is commercial, that means I'm going to have more mail to deliver. I need a bigger truck. Or if it's majority residential, not as much mail, smaller truck. So they came up with this zip plus four. Okay. So the plus four is just a postal code that's been, you know, segmented off. And they're like 70% of the locations in this zip plus four are residential. So everything's considered residential or everything commercial, all right? So that's kind of the beginning. And then their next thing obviously is we need to know the address to sort this mail. So they created this CAS certified uh, address validation, all right? And you think about back in the 80s and 90s, what kind of computer everybody used, it was a, it was a, a green screen mainframe where every character counted it, you know, you couldn't look at things and, 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 and kind of change the letters and say, oh, this equals this. It's the same thing. So today, all right, all the carriers in the country are using this. If you enter an address or your customer enters an address and they spell out Avenue or they spell out Drive, okay, this service that the Postal Service um, provides to, you know, all these carriers to verify an address, what it actually will do, it will abbreviate. It will take drive down to DR. It'll take avenue down to AVE. And then they're going to charge you $18 for that exceptional service and address correction for you. 
because <laughs> they they don't you know it, it, it yeah it blows our mind but that's kind of it but what would you expect from the postal service i mean they they kind of struggle you know with a lot of things but they do you know provide a service for cheap because the taxpayer subsidizes the loss so everybody's using them but you know we'll see where that goes in the future but yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting, and not only will they abbreviate and charge you $18, let's say that you give an address, and that address has four businesses in it, and each one of them are a suite. So let's call it W1, W2, W3, W4. Well, what this service will do, UPS and FedEx will do, is they will add a secondary, okay? And in a, some cases, they will just add the W, and then charge you $18. So the actual address is W4, but it needs a secondary to be verified. So they'll just put the first digit in there. And then it verifies, and they charge $18. Wow. I wonder how many people know that and what the, what the cost is to. Well, <laughs> and you know, and that's an interesting thing else that I have found out through this, this whole process is I have several freight auditors that are customers because obviously this is a, a problem. But good data today, it's easy to solve it. Um, but the freight audit world used to be just kind of like if you, you know, back in the day, I'd have my, my phone bills audited and they would split the savings with you. All right. Freight auditors kind of did the same thing. Whatever we find, we split the savings. And that was their business model. Well, today, the majority of your large freight auditors out there are kind of like they're not this post payment audit. They're like the prepayment audit to where, okay, I'm an auditor. I'm going to get the invoice from UPS and I'm going to audit it for you and then make payment. And then I'm just going to send you a bill, you know, and I'm basically going to charge you a flat monthly rate. Okay. Well, since it's now a flat monthly rate, you know, the finding the residential surcharge, they're using the same database that the carriers use that comes from the postal service. So they don't find anything. All right. So they're not, all, yeah, they're all, well, there's only been one database that's ever existed and it all comes from the postal service and it's called the RDI code. And the whole industry uses it. UPS started with it. FedEx started with it. All the carriers use it. All the, you know, if you go online, Shopify, all these services, you're getting the RDI code. Everybody's using the same thing. Okay. Well, they think their freight auditors finding it, but they're not finding anything because they're using the same database. Wow. And address correction, quite honestly, the address correction, that has to be done on the front end, really, to get it right, you know, and, you know, we can do that. We know what all the addresses are. So, but to really solve that problem, it has to be at order entry um, because getting that money back from the, uh, from UPS or FedEx is difficult. You know, if they, the abbreviations, sometimes you can get back, but some of the other stuff is kind of difficult, but you know, everybody thinks their auditor's doing it, but I've talked to several of these auditors and it's like, okay, I can find your customer, like this one customer. It's like, we can, we can save them $300,000 a month. And they're saying, how much is the service? And I'm like, well, you know, it's several thousand dollars to do it, but obviously a fraction of what you're saving the customer. Well, the auditors tell us, well, I'm not interested because we charge a flat rate. So your rate just comes right out of my pocket. So I'm not interested. Wow. Wow, interesting. So that's so really, yeah, that's crazy. 
So the retailers think their freight auditors are doing all this, but they're not. You know, the freight auditors are more worried about other things really these days and trying to do spend management and help you negotiate discounts and lots of other things that they do. Now, they do a good service, but when it comes to residential surcharges and address verification, it's it just kind of is an old thing that everybody's accepted and just goes with. So it's just not being solved. And that's why we're here. That's it. I, I, I've learned a lot here. That's one reason <laughs> I decided to go with this. I usually ask somebody, how do you get into doing what you're doing? I saw your background, though, was uh, was in uh, actually liquor and wine. Correct. Uh, so I was I ran a, a wine distributor, the, the operation, the COO for a wine distributor for 12 years. OK, and. The, the struggle, and now I was a finance major in college, and I went into banking for seven years, and then I went to, to do this. And um, the, the problem we had, and this was back in the early 2000s, was our customers, you know, whether it was a bar, a restaurant, a liquor store, a grocery store, anywhere you can buy wine and, and spirits, is all of our customers had two-hour time windows, okay? Well, if you've ever tried to route a truck and give everybody a two-hour time window, um, it's very difficult to do. Now, we didn't have ways back then, so drive time was still difficult. You couldn't predict traffic. But service time, my thought was, if I'm going to the same customer every week and sometimes multiple times a week, you know, let me just start tracking how long it takes to make that delivery every single time. And so for future deliveries, I can just provide the actual service time, weighted average per case, for every one of those. So that's what we started doing. Okay. Now that, uh, and you fast forward to today and you think about service time. And I had a Home Depot delivery the other day. They had a 14 hour time window for me. And I mean, come on, that, that's in, in all your time windows are that way because, you know, they give you this time window based on service time that they apply on the back end and they're just basically plugging in one number for service time across every delivery because they don't know what's at an address and every delivery is not the same every private residence delivery is not the same but private residence is very different than a high-rise condo than an apartment complex than a distribution center than an office building but you know even amazon you talk to their drivers they basically apply three to five minutes for every single stop you know Home Depot, they apply 35 minutes. Sorry, so, I got two bulldogs behind me fighting. I was trying to... <laughs> uh, no, I've got two dogs right here trying to do the same thing. <laughs> I saw you look. <laughs> I've got... I've been trying to keep them separated. I'm not supposed to do this in a podcast, obviously. That's understandable. Yeah. It's, it's COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there so, you go. You know, and my thing, it all started with you know, service time. And then you start thinking about, well, nobody is using location information and we've labeled every address with over, you know, a hundred location types. And I'm like, if you know the location type, you have a good idea of how long it's going to take to make the delivery. Yeah. Like if I tell you shopping center, you know, you're going to, if it's not the grocery store, the big box retailer, you know, you're going to have to pull your truck into the parking lot and deliver out through the front door. You know, you know what a distribution center is probably going to be. If it's an office building, a high-rise office building, you're going to have trouble parking. Then you're going to have elevators. I mean, all of these things is kind of what we're trying to build at the address level, as many attributes as we can about the location. So, you know, the carrier, if you're a carrier and you get all this information, you know, okay, I can't put it on a 53-footer. 
okay, it has to have a lift gate. Or if I don't want to do a private residential delivery, let me give it to a third party. And there's thousands of those today. Let those guys make the delivery because they're built for it, you know? And if they don't know where they're making a delivery, there's no way the retailer can expect them to represent their brand and make a good delivery on time. I mean, it's just all about the location, but nobody's there yet. And so I'm trying to get it out there right now. You know, it's like, we're trying to educate. Now we've been, we've been operational and had customers for a year and a half, but you know, it's trying to get the retailers to figure this out has, uh, has kind of been a challenge or the larger shippers. Well, you're bucking a trend that's been around for what? Yeah. 80 years, 70, I don't know, whatever it is. Longer than me, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's funny because I can't tell you how many people I have talked to, you know, in some VCs that, you know, obviously kind of being a startup you talk to and and they're all like, oh, no, you know, UPS has got the, the, the best um, data science team in the country, you know, or, oh, no, the Postal Service is the address Bible. And I'm like, y'all have no idea what's really going on. Well, okay. government, you know, my background, you talk about mainframes. I, I worked in mainframes years ago, and we did a lot of government work. And I can tell you the software with any government agency is, is antiquated. It's, it's cumbersome. Yes. You can't fix it. I mean, it's, it's anybody thinks they're doing it right right now, starting off about. Yeah, well, <laughs> and there's a lot of things out there. I mean, I could go on and on it. You know, even like when you check out, at any of these places, you know, they still enter a postal code, which just amazes me how they're trying to price freight on a postal code. What does a postal code tell you? You know, nothing. But, uh, you know, some of them will put like Google autocomplete so that you are forced to get an address, but Google spells out the address. So they populate that spelled out address. And then on the next screen, they try to say, hey, you put this address, but don't you mean this address, which yeah. is the shortened address if they're doing that And it. I mean, the checkout process with these retailers is unbelievable. How are you doing? So well, that's interesting. Like I said, I I, I hope we uh, we gave some LTL guys and some some other folks uh, some some things to think about. I mean, I I'm blow, I'm blown away by the surcharges that are hidden. I mean, I just wonder, uh, you know, when you look at trucking and tr freight cost overall, and I worked a lot of manufacturers and inbound up on freight cost or yeah. Uh, how much of that is made up of cost, just like the 18 bucks that you can't see that you can't yeah. manage? I mean, that, that you think about the CFO for a, a, a shipper, period. All right. You, you spend all this time negotiating a contract, trying to get discounts and trying to have some guaranteed capacity and all of this. OK, so I've got a contract with all these rates. So now I'm going to go build my budget. All right. So I'm going to budget my shipping costs for the year. You know, and they keep going up, you know, 5.9% every year and everybody does it. And so it's like, okay, here's my new rate. Here it is. Let me build my budget. But then you use a postal code to get a quote that doesn't include anything about the address because no one uses addresses. And so you get the invoice at the end of the week from your carrier and they have all these residential surcharges or all these limited access charges or, you know, whatever it is, address verification correction charges. Well, none of that was in your budget unless you're smart enough to just say, I got to budget a bunch of surcharges. But, you know, how do you build a budget for shipping when all the costs just show up each week on the invoice that you don't know of on the front end? You know, That's and crazy. our thing, 
it's easy to solve the problem. You just have to do it on the front end and you have to use our information. And then it all goes away. It's really that simple. It, it, people say, no, it can't be that simple, but it really is. It's just no one's tried to solve this problem yet. Interesting. It really is. It's, it's great. So where do you think you're going to, what are you going to focus on the next year? You know, for us, it's really trying to get to the front end of the transaction for the retailers, try to get in with the order management systems, because, you know, my thought, if you look at today, there's trouble with capacity. So what are we doing with capacity? Well, all we're doing is adding more and more vehicles out there to solve the capacity problem, to, you know, give more options for delivery, right? But it's just more trucks, more cars on the road. So, you know, what is that? More carbon emissions, more traffic. I mean, just more of everything when to me, you know, I think quite honestly, the industry is going to have to get to the point where at the front end of the transaction, you price every delivery separately, dynamically is what they like to call it, based on how hard that delivery is going to be and how much time it takes. Okay. So if you do that, then all of a sudden people may want to, okay, you know, if, if they go online, you give me the address, I can tell them the nearest store, how long it'll take them to drive there. Okay. Well, that would be called BOPUS for the retailer. Well, why don't you promote BOPUS? All right. Since it's not going to cost you anything to ship, give them a discount off the purchase price for them to drive five minutes to the store and pick it up. All right. I mean, that's incentive enough yeah. because, or for that matter, it's like these common parcel locations. You know, some of us still go to the grocery store. Well, if there's a common parcel locker next door, you know, we can tell them at checkout, hey, there's a parcel location within three miles of your house. Choose that delivery option. Or, you know, if it's a residential delivery, don't go with UPS, go with LaserShip or go with one of these other regional guys because it may be cheaper. That surcharge may be cheaper. But there's all these other options that you can provide based on the actual address and what's at that location. And, it, you know, you need to have some incentive for people through, you know, what it costs to kind of do some other things with the delivery and try to create some delivery density because you can't keep going at this rate and just put more trucks on the road. Well, the other thing you have fucked is drivers. I mean, when you can't get drivers, period. And the more trucks you put on them, it's, it's, uh, it just feeds itself, isn't it? it? Exactly. I mean, you think about a perfect world. In my neighborhood, there's about 150 homes. And every delivery truck known to man comes in my neighborhood every single day. I mean... Yeah. That is not efficient. Now, obviously, getting it down to one, you know, will eventually maybe happen one day, probably not in my lifetime, but we've got to go some direction. You know, we can't just put more and more trucks on the road. There's, we've got to create delivery density. And it makes, if it makes it a lot cheaper for the carrier, then it'll make it cheaper for the retailer and cheaper for the consumer because you can't compete with Amazon just by offering free shipping because nothing's free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazon's got AWS to subsidize those losses, you know, just like the Postal Service has the taxpayer to subsidize those losses. But all these e-commerce retailers, brick, you know, they don't have anything to subsidize the losses. So they've got to offer something else, better delivery experience, but they've got to partner with their carriers and provide that carrier with all the information they need to provide that exceptional service that your brand demands. And unless they kind of start partnering together to get this thing done, I, you know, I, I just, it's just going to continue going exactly the route it's going right now. Yeah, can't, can't argue with that. So, Listen, we'll I'll get in touch with you if you want to, they want to uh, 
So they can go to our, our website at Highlander Tech, and that's T-E-K. So Highlander, like there can be only one. Um, and you'd have to be a little older to understand that reference for um, Sean Connery, the movie Highlander. But HighlanderTEK.com. Um, and uh, or you can reach us at uh, 404-999-1226. Great. Well, thanks for your time. It was interesting. Yeah, thanks well, hopefully I taught you something new. Oh, I, for sure. No doubt. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain and would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharsberger.com apply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger. Uh, or through my website, www.martinharsberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.